Picture yourself on your daily commute. Maybe you're listening to your favorite episode of the Yorktown Podcast with Zach and Matt. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And I'm Meg. And this is the Yorktown Podcast. So you're on your commute. Maybe you're a private business owner, maybe you work on the hill, maybe you're a garbage man, maybe you're the mayor, who's to say? But as you're driving down New York 370, the gorgeous yet disgusting Onondaga Lake stretches out next to you and as you round a bend entering the Syracuse city limits, a small marvel of man's triumph over nature emerges. Jutting out of the serene coastal landscape, a sharp, angular truss, truss bridge, that was difficult. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say sometimes. Made of 19th century wrought iron and steel rivets. The Onondaga Lake Parkway Bridge is a 230-ton load-bearing railway overpass rockered by huge stone and concrete abutments. Hmm. But it isn't the Ayn Randian idea of man's triumph over nature which makes this bridge important and worthy of its place among the weird history of the area. Rather, the fact that it rises only 10 feet 9 inches above grade has made it a frequent terminal destination for dozens upon dozens of commercial vehicles since the completion of New York Route 370 in 1930. Hmm. I mean, times were different in 1930. For sure. I feel like vehicles might have got bigger. That, yeah, I, I would pr- I'd probably say that's fair to say. I mean, we're um, not going to see many Amish buggies getting hit by this thing, right? No, I think the Amish have an undefeated record against the bridge. I, I'm pretty sure there's no high-rise um, Amish buggies. Hmm. I also don't know how many are driving through Liverpool either. I, I've never really seen too many Amish in Liverpool. But. Yeah, it's not like they're probably fishing in Onondaga Lake. That's for sure, unless they're trying to catch the Simpson-style fish that comes out with like with three, three eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah. It's a long trip. It, would, it, it is a long trip. The fish would be bad by the time they got back. I, well, the fish are bad when they come out there. But. They eat it like sushi. Gross. Anyways. Anyway, 370 is pretty cool in its own right as a road and a structure. Um, In the industrial boom of the late 19th and 20th centuries, the demands of our rapidly growing country meant a section of the Oswego Canal had to be filled in and what would become 370 was then built on top of this former waterway. Uh, The bridge itself, though, predates the roadway, having been built in 1871, and the first train crossed the overpass as a test run in November 6th of that year. So they built this everything over the old canal yep so there was a chunk of the canal that ran parallel to the lake mm-hmm. and then as that as boats and the loads and everything got bigger and that canal such section of the canal needed more repairs they said hey we're going to reroute this part the boats are just going to go through on Indaga lake and then connect with um the erie canal and there's another one it's escaping me now but the erie canal obviously being the big one yeah yeah um, Erie Canal used to uh, still runs through Canastota. Call back to the Carmen Basilio episode. Go back and check that out. And they have a cool song. They do have a cool song. Maybe that's why the Oswego one went out of uh, business and use because there was just no cool song. It was like, I'm going to go to the Oswego Canal when I can go right to the Erie Canal instead. Yeah. Poor branding was the death of that section of the Oswego Canal. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Okay. And, and obviously there might be some people that are listening not near where we're from and, and the canals and stuff are used for shipping and everything because there's the St. Lawrence River and there's also sort of places so shipping is really big uh, for Canada, for US and everything, you know, to do the channel so they need these channels to navigate these huge boats to, to different places so. Yeah, a, uh, 
I mean, it could be a series of episodes in and of itself, but we live uh, right on the right on the coastline of the St. Lawrence River, which is part of the major St. Lawrence Seaway, which connects all of the inland Great Lakes in the uh, upper Midwest to the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. We do need to do something on the seaway, so we'll we'll, yeah. we'll put that in the notes. Yeah, we'll, we'll pin that one. Okay, back at it. Yeah. Um, the bridge stood unbothered for nearly 50 years, but sometime but sometime in the 1950s, local, local news outlets began reporting motor vehicle incidents involving commercial vehicles and the bridge, despite there being a long-standing ban on commercial vehicle traffic through that stretch of 370. Or, there was a couple other things before it was 370, but we're just going to call it 370 for brevity's sake. Um, the exact details of these early encounters aren't recorded, but the first major collision occurred on July 19, 1960, when it was reported a commercial vehicle collided with the bridge and caused $14,000 in miscellaneous damages. Shoot. Matriculated into today's dollars, it's $145,000 in damage wow. between the bridge and the vehicle. On that one accident? One accident. 145 k Wow. So there's a gap, though, in the record between this 1960 uh, collision. Mm-hmm. But from context clues and bridging off what Matt said earlier, um, these, if there were any collisions, they weren't too noteworthy anyway. Um, most commonly, commercial vehicles of the time would get wedged under the bridge or they would simply scrape the bottom. It wasn't until 1992 when, the, when this bridge began its reign of terror over commercial drivers, either not from the area or too ignorant to realize their own physical limitations. On January 17th of that year, so 1992, a tractor trailer hauling 40,000 pounds of an undisclosed corrosive powder struck the bridge and dumped part of its load onto the public roadway. Later that same year, a commercial vehicle struck the bridge and dumped kegs of beer. Much, I'd way rather roll up on the keg of beer uh, topsy-turvy incident than the 40,000 pounds of undisclosed corrosive powder. If it's undisclosed corrosive powder, that means it was some nasty shit, and probably around that time, they didn't have, obviously, the social media, but they didn't have... You know, the, there wasn't there wasn't a way that they were going to get in a lot of trouble releasing it. Yeah. And you know that there's still probably birds and, and animals that are oh, not really. there or all died and they're continually dying. Yeah, there's some nasty... I can't imagine the nasty shit that they... Especially because, like... And I'll mention it later on, but this bridge is huge on Reddit. I bet. Like, there is just internet dudes all over the world that are just wanting this bridge to take out everything and uh i don't mention it i didn't i chose not to mention it very much later on but syracuse is becoming a hotbed for amazon shipping in mm-hmm. amazon warehouses and that is a very uh contentious thing down there and so the big thing is that people are i mean realistically people are taking money um on how many amazon trucks this bridge is going to take out Ooh. yeah i throw some down on that if they get the over under yeah, i'd yeah. say you set the over under about eight no, that's no, just for Amazon. That's a lot. I'm going to say one and a half. Yeah. A year. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You know what they should do to get more uh, like tourism and stuff like that? Because I, I, I'm assuming later in your episode, and I'm not going to do this, that, they, that New York and these people are spending a lot of money to educate people. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming that's in there. But what they need to do to help with the education is, and, and then this isn't going to go on a tangent for you, but I think you would appreciate this, is they make it one of those poke stops, Pokemon Go oh, stops. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you get a bunch of people going there. Yep. They educate themselves. And maybe put up some cute, uh, like cool murals and stuff like that, so you can get your picture taken oh, yeah. on it. And yep. all right, that's what 
you're welcome, New York. Yep. Somebody, somebody that's a level 38 or above on Pokemon Go needs to suggest that the Parkway is a Pokestop. If it isn't already, it might be. I don't know. Let's do the thing and make sure you tag your town or give credit. We'll just take one yep. percent of all sales. Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, beer truck. 1995. It's probably Genesee. I I hope not. That'd be so sad. It'd be a waste, but it'd be you know it would be. It could, it'd be in Rochester. I mean, well, it's a Syracuse, right? But I'm saying yeah. Rochester yeah, area. Enough, yeah. They could have been hauling. Anyway, anyways. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, beer beer was dumped in 1992, and then in 1995, a commercial foodstuffs truck um, struck the bridge as well, spilling mm-hmm. miscellaneous foodstuffs material over the place. So then in 1996, this is kind of when we enter the first major the explosion of monitoring and in issues with this bridge in 1996 a man by the name of ray mcdougall from the local department of transportation released a statement claiming the bridge had been struck uh around 50 times in the 50 years prior to 1996 he's guessing that's a made-up number yeah no offense ray (laughs) yeah i mean ray you're a real one sorry Mm -hmm. The public comment must have gotten drivers all fired up because from then until 2010, the bridge was struck roughly 15 times. Wow. Uh, Culminating in a September 11th, 2010 incident where a megabus collided with the bridge, leaving four dead and 20 injured. Never forget. That's a rough day for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, Megabus, for those who don't know, I don't know how big megabus is. Uh, Megabus is just like, I don't know if it's in New York State or whatever, but it's just a two-tiered bus. privately held mass transit system it's a two-tiered bus so you just gotta think two-tiered bus like you see in like like in england goes the bridge is only 10 feet tall it's a bad incident the pictures are gnarly we'll have them up on the instagram mm-hmm. it's um, uh it, it just to let you know too it is the north american equivalent to the european megabus okay uh, headquarters are actually in peterborough canada oh no so shit. it's a, a like a coach system that operates in eastern southern midwestern and Western and Pacific, U.S. and Canada. Okay, so yeah, so Megabus is out there. Pretty then. big. Okay, the logo. I don't know about him. That creepy dude. Creepy guy, yeah, yellow, I yellow. That. I that, think it's actually rumor has it that's where the Savannah Banana uh, got his origins. He was on a Megabus, didn't make uh, the pros, so he was. Uh, he, he decided to dress all yellow and see what he can come up with. I, I think the Savannah Banana should then sue the, for the IP that, so the Megabus has to change it because that's. A, I don't like that logo. We'll take one percent of that as well. Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> Uh, the incident was big for multiple reasons. Not only were human lives lost or dramatically impacted by the event, it was the first time we saw a trend which has led to the majority of collisions since, and that is commercial drivers. So drivers driving buses, tractor trailers, uh, dry vans, that sort of thing, <laughs> using personal, non-commercial GPS devices to plan their routes. These devices have most commonly... Uh, these devices have most commonly been readily available readily available things like Garmin's and TomTom dashboard navigation devices, or now getting closer to the contemporary time, cell phone navigation apps like Apple Maps and Google Maps. Yep. I was going to say, yeah, they, I mean, nowadays it has to be much better because they can tell you when there's, uh, you know, the apps on your phone. I'm, I'm a Google guy because Apple sucks, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because of when they put stuff on your phone from you too. Anyways, uh, they, they even tell you when speed traps are and yep. stuff like that. So I have to imagine, and we'll, we'll hear more a little bit if they. Well, I, I, I'll take a second because I don't really touch on it again. But to that point, though, I didn't know this, but there are actually uh, commercial grade let's call them mm-hmm. navigation apps that you can actually input like the vehicle you're driving yeah and that's and it'll plan your route based on your vehicle but if you're just on your iphone 
and you're just type in wherever you're going um obviously google maps doesn't understand that you're driving a semi truck or a dump truck or a dry van or something like that yep they'll do this too with when you're hauling like campers and stuff like that okay uh, and i've noticed it too and i don't I, it can't be ironic but when we're taking a route that has our camper we typically go a different route according to the google maps than mm-hmm. they then they kind of have us all right there, so, so. so it is getting into the so what, what I'm gonna we're gonna have to take our camper and go under this bridge and see what happens. Wait, hold that thought because okay. that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this incident led to a huge transfer of cash in multiple ways. Upfront, Megabus had to dole out huge settlements to the survivors and the families of those who lost their lives. This closed settlements range from 3.1 million to 675 thousand. But comments from lawyers around the close of the court proceedings remarked that the actual final sums far surpass amounts that is. Uh, far surpass amounts disclosed in official court documents. Oof. On the other side, New York State DOT began shelling out massive amounts of taxpayer dollars in hopes to avoid another fatal incident like this one, namely a dramatic amount of signage. And when I say dramatic, there's really absolutely zero reason why anybody in anything more than a Honda Civic should feel like they are safe going under this bridge. I mean, it is like those those pictures from like hong kong where there's like oh, 17 up. layers mm-hmm. of billboards and stuff like yep. it, and i have to imagine well miles before you're gonna see some warnings oh, yeah. it's not like you're yep. just gonna drive up doing 65 yeah. and, and be able to be like they Ooh. even offer a couple like turnaround spots yeah it's they've overdone it yeah um so the amount of signage and then they installed an overheight vehicle detection system which warns commercial drivers well in advance of the bridge Ignorance of these early warning signs then became punishable by law in the form of heavy fines and eventual license suspensions, and CDL suspensions, and all that sort of thing. It's funny how it worked that way, where New York's like, you know what, you know, where we've shelled out a lot of money. Now, if you hit it, you're getting fined. You're actually going to pay us money yes. for you hitting it. Exactly. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, this did not do much. And in 2012, the New York State DOT reported an additional, you ready for this, Matt? I'm ready. 49 collisions between. The uh, between twenty between twenty twelve and twenty ten. To put this into perspective, statewide commercial vehicles on average collide with an overpass about three times a year. <clears throat> so, in all of the rest of the state, only three overpass collisions a year. That's wild. Forty nine in two years on this one bridge. That's. So obviously, Onondaga Parkway Bridge is the outlier in that arithmetic, and New York State DOT chooses not to include that in their average numbers that they publish. Yeah, they couldn't, right? They couldn't. No. I wish I could say time has healed all wounds, but in the case of this beloved bridge, that is not true. Since 2012 until the present day, there have been another 51 reported collisions with the bridge. (laughs) Although I couldn't find it spelled out in plain English. What about Spanish? Spanish? No. Neither. Okay. I get the gist that the number is derived only from collisions requiring the assistance of emergency personnel. So the true number is unknown. Yeah, I mean, because they would, or that, if even nowadays you have to file at least a report for insurance. Yep. So you'd be able to find that somewhere. Yep. And if you, when you drive under that overpass and you, you do look up, mm-hmm. I mean, there mu- there's things scraping that thing every single day. Yikes. Like it is, it, it looks like the bottom of a skateboard. You know, it's minus rough. the stickers, minus the cool stickers. We're going to put a York but is it sticker. really is it really that unknown that people like still chance driving under it? When yeah, they have large vehicles. It's not that it's unknown. I think it's just ignorance. 
like well, I don't want to add a, another five minutes to my route by exactly. going this way when I can go this way and go over this old canal. Yep. That's stupid. And I think it, uh, I think the big thing too, and I've never driven a vehicle that doesn't fit under there. So it doesn't, it's, I've never had to go an alternate route, mm -hmm. but I think if you don't go that way to get between Liverpool and Syracuse, you have to take the throughway. Oh, or like a couple bomb, dollars, or like bomb through like downtown Syracuse and hit all like the old local access roads. Which I would not. You know, you got to think you're hauling something. Yep. You probably don't want to go city route. That's yep. just a, a pain. And then depending what you're hauling, you could, you know, uh, run into some issues with being in downtown Syracuse yep. with, with the the residents down there. But I mean, yeah, the throughway at a couple bucks. I mean, yeah. But then maybe you start getting into if you're on the throughway, then maybe you hit the way station. So, and... so that's actually what I was just about to bring up is, and this is all. This is just what I gathered from the many Reddit threads on the Oof. on the Syracuse subreddit. Um is that it's the the scuttlebutt is that the commercial vehicles that hit the bridge typically are in violation of dot regulations anyway yeah so they're That's trying it. to get away from a way station they're trying to get away from a load check they're trying to get away from roadblocks and they just get leveled by a bridge mm -hmm. instead so there's that you know hmm. it is what it is yep um but yeah so in this carnage and mayhem since 2012 here's a couple highlights Ooh. a family laden rv ran into the bridge in the summer of 2017 a box truck from a local wholesaler mm. became wedged under the bridge immovable for two hours uh, in 2021 traffic jam when you're already late yep. like a no smoking sign on your cigarette break exactly isn't it ironic mm -hmm. um a dump truck full of gravel in 2022 Oof. a commercial van that wasn't really hashed into too much but I, it's bears being included because it resulted in 22 citations that's a big ass van though right yeah big ass van i'm assuming it's one of those big like swoop nosed uh like astro vans no like uh like a dry van like a shipping van ah uh, gotcha uh that was on march 31st of this year and then most recently an Amazon truck. Oh, there's one. Yep, there's one. Uh, struck the bridge, resulting in near total loss of product mm -hmm. and 14 citations totaling somewhere in like the twenty-five to forty thousand dollar range, depending on where you're uh, where you're looking. That's why my friggin' package didn't make yep. it. That's oh. why you got all that rice. Yeah, so much rice. Um, but despite the carnage, the internet always wins. Always. The bridge and the shenanigans surrounding it is a common pin thread on the Syracuse subreddit, and gawkers from all over the area in cyberspace have dubbed the bridge the undefeated heavyweight champion of central New York. Ooh, imagine if Carmen had something to say. Well, he was that. a welterweight. Oh, fair enough. Uh, this claim is backed up by a 1996 DOT investigation, which found the over 100-year-old bridge, that's over 100-year-old in 1996. What's the math on that? I don't know, man. You're the math guy. Okay. Like... Uh, she, she would sneeze in. It's uh, 27, 127 years yeah. old today. So happy 127th birthday, Bridge. Yeah, nearly a 130-year-old bridge. Um, it was remarked to be remarkably well constructed and seemingly unaffected by the numerous collisions up until that point. <laughs> going forward, it doesn't look like anything is going to be done about the issue beyond signage and attempts to educate drivers in hefty fines and court fees. The bridge is owned by railway juggernaut CSX, uh, and they have no plans of fronting the cost to raise the bridge. 
They are open to the idea of the bridge being raised, but only if the state pays for it. Naturally. And current rules prohibit the road from being lowered because it is already at water level with the lake. And it cannot be below the water level of the lake. And the lake is literally feet away from the shoulder of 370. There's not a lot, yeah. Yeah, there's not, not much wiggle room there. Not an engineer, but... You would need a pretty smart one. Yeah, it's almost like that road was a canal first. Yeah, and not that the canal was 14 foot deep, so you know what I mean? They couldn't have went a little bit lower with the roadway and just left the bridge, but yeah. hey. You know, we're, we're not civil engineers. No. Nope, not at all. So, I can, I, I'm not confidently sure I could spell engineer without spell check. Anyways. Yeah, uh, no, I, was, I just tried to spell it in my head to be smug, but I wasn't even confident with it. So. But what's crazy to me, too, is... 10 foot what nine inches 10 foot nine bridge. inches yep i mean you got guys that can jump 12 foot that's almost 10 foot is a basketball hoop i mean you think yeah, about it shaq could walk underneath it and slap it yeah yao ming has to duck under it probably you know what i mean oh, like, yeah it's not actually i know he's seven foot seven but you can get us in the comments but it's just crazy to me to think that it's almost the size and that you couldn't probably roll a basketball hoop under it because it's 10 foot to the rim to the ground oh yeah and on the not. backboard is at least you could not wheel a basketball hoop for a pickup game underneath the bridge. Yep. And then these people, you know what I Driving mean? Driving 18 wheelers. Flying under it. Yeah. And the speed limit, I think, is 45 on 370 right there. Oh, I said 60. I had no idea. I've never gone under this bridge, and I lived in Liverpool at some point in my life. So huh. Yeah, it's interesting it's it's silly there's gonna be a lot of cool pictures to so make sure obviously you guys check out the instagram because i'm i'm on uh it's probably one of your sources but i'm on syracuse.com as yep. we're doing this just uh, meg and myself because uh, when zach writes the when we write episodes and it's heavy there that person does it we don't read it so we can live react at our, our thing and i'm looking at pictures of it for the first time old ones there's some good stuff that comes yeah. in in good by meaning educational there's not good in yeah. terms of there's there's just none of, none of it has a happy ending yeah i mean there was a meat truck in onondaga lake that spilled yeah. boxes of meat in 1987 there's dudes with no shirts on in the 80s just grabbing meat it's and trying to load it into a different sausages. truck and like you said you can see the background of the very polluted lake in the back it's it's yeah. wild it's a lot of impressive damage yes Ooh. carnage they say yeah. but either way uh so yeah i mean unless the lake starts to recede or the state pays millions and millions of dollars. You just got to keep your eyes peeled while you're on 370. Yeah. Because you never know when the heavyweight champion of the region will reach out and bite you. Bang. That's what you did there. Yeah. So in closing, here you go, Matt. I want you to try to say the name. Turkish playwright. Mehmet Marat Ildan. That's exactly how I would have said it. I so, pre I pre read it because I thought, and I've been I've been working this out in my head because I'm like this guy is he's gonna go and be like oh because Matt can't say names. I've been practicing for ten minutes in my head, <laughs> and we've been recording for twenty. So, Nailed so it. yes. In closing, words from Turkish playwright Mehmet Murat Ildan. No one has gone from ignorance to wisdom quickly. You can't make a short crossing over a long bridge. That's perfect. Sources for today's episode include. Wikipedia, of course, the Syracuse, uh, Syracuse.com, the Post Standard, their archive, mm -hmm. uh, Reddit, Hell the yeah. Syracuse subreddit, and Goodreads for the Ooh, quote. I like it. Yeah. That's, that was a fun episode. Can't obviously thank you enough. Zach, Meg, uh, the trio that nobody ever saw coming is in here. Make sure you guys follow us on all the social medias. You guys can check out yourtown.com. You can go to beacons.ai slash 
your town and uh has all the links for not only the episodes but the instagram the twitter we don't do a lot with uh we i don't know we're, we'll, we'll try to tweet more but uh all sorts of good stuff don't check out the facebook because we haven't done a damn thing with it uh anyway it was a fun episode can't yeah. thank you enough we'll uh we'll come back next week with another episode about some stuff that you truly are gonna like but yeah check it out all the socials can't thank you enough and uh that's all we got take care everybody bye, bye.